welcome to Blue Bloods College Game Time. A true blue pod production. Quarterback draw. He's got a run through. And a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of blue bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends. Man, I love college. College football. I love March Madness. Man, I love college. All right, welcome to another episode of Blue Bloods College Game Time. It is Trey Smith. And it's your boy, Brandon Holmes. What's up, Blue Bloods? Welcome to Blue Bloods College Game Time, a podcast by the fans, for the fans, or for the fans, by the fans. I kind of butcher it every time, but we're going to get there. It's only episode two. It's only episode two. It's easy, though. (laughs) It's by the fans. It's for the fans. It's for the fans. It's by the fans. We're just two college sports fans making uh, a podcast for our fellow college sports fanatics. fanatics okay well be Holmes. i got to follow up on last week man so Come i don't on, know man. if you saw but where is college game day going this upcoming weekend did you see it's going to ames man it's, it's going, going to, to iowa ames. state <laughs> so you know what all the people of iowa all the iowa state proud alum this is from me to you i'm stupid you're smart i was wrong you were right you're the best i'm the worst Uh, You're very good looking. I'm not attractive. Okay, there you go. I said it from me to you. I'm happy for you. I really am. I'm happy that game day is going to Ames because I think it's going to give the Iowa State fan base something they can tell their grandkids about. Um, And and, and you know what? They're riding high right now. I mean, they came off like a tough, gritty win to the Northern Iowa Panthers. I mean, they... (laughs) I'm telling you what, the Northern Iowa Panthers went into the number seven ranked team in all of college football, went into their house, and I mean, it came down to the last possession. I did watch it, it did. the fourth quarter of that game, by the way. I, th- I thought it was going to be, you know, eh, it's week one. I'll give them some, I'll give them some, uh, a little leash to play with, you know. It's well, week one. It happens. It's week one, which also spotlights how overrated and how useless the preseason top 25 rankings are. I was thinking about that today. I mean, think about some of the teams that played and lost this weekend. And I'm going, would this team who's ranked this high even beat one of the two teams playing this evening uh, in Ole Miss and Louisville? I mean, I'm going, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, but I think that's why we have a long season, right? We're about to see how things play out. We'll see how people bounce back. Um, You know, I, I always say this, like as a Michigan fan, we always believe we look so great week one, always, like always. And then you're like, this is it. And then week two happens and we're back to normal. So, <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, when we, when we get a little bit later in this episode, I'm going to talk about the four types of college football fans, because every college football fan base, you're one of four people. If you're a fan. Oh yeah. You're one of four people, so we'll get to that in a minute. But before we really dive into Week One, B Holmes, we've uh, we got a little mailbag, little mailbag here. Um, Yeah, you know, if you're listening, first off, 
and you have a thought-provoking topic of discussion, or maybe you're just as fanatic about college sports as B. Holmes and I, and you've got something that you've been reading about or seeing about, and you want to hear us talk about, feel free to send that to us on our social media. You can hit us at True Blue Pod pretty much on every platform, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, You could hit me at It's Trey Smith. B. Holmes, where can they find you? At Real B. Holmes. And, and then our Instagram. Then we'd love to hear your questions. And what's, oh, yeah. Instagram, and, and, is, Instagram is Blue Blood CGT. At Blue Blood CGT. So find us. But uh, B. Holmes, we, we got something this past week after our first episode that, that we're going to talk about today. Tell us what that is. Yeah, man. Shout out to Tommy Brooker for sending this question in. And so, Tommy, you really want to know our thoughts on neutral site games on opening weekend, mm. which, um, you know, my opinion on it is I cannot stand it. I think the the allure, the pageantry of college football. It's like, you know, when I think about it, it's nothing like going to Death Valley at LSU. It's nothing like going to the big house on a Saturday or the horseshoe for Ohio State. And I think it just removes it. Like, I've been to a couple of neutral site games. It just doesn't feel the same. And one thing I liked about the game that happened last night, which was um, Notre Dame versus um, Florida State. Florida State, yep. How amazing was that atmosphere? Like Notre Dame, you're a top 10 team. You're playing on the road against a gritty Florida State team that's trying to make their way on a comeback. The crowd, that I don't think you get that same type of atmosphere, maybe let alone that game, if it's on a neutral site. Because as we know, we're all sports fans here, is the home crowd plays into the momentum. You make a big play, the crowd's getting going, it's getting behind you, it can get in your head if you're an opposing team. So I just don't like it. Even watching Bama versus Miami, like, you know, Bama was Bama, but I feel like, I was watching the NFL game because they were playing at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium versus that game would have felt, I feel like, a lot different in Tuscaloosa or it would have felt a lot different at Miami. Well, well, you also felt like you were watching an NFL game because you were watching, like, a bunch NFL. of form, or future NFL <laughs> first-round players uh, playing right. in that game, well, like at least on one side of the, of the NFC field. East. Right. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you what, Brandon, I, I uh, actually love it. And so I'm going to I'm going to make my case for why I like the Mm -hmm. neutral site games to open the season. The first reason for me, just coming from a fan's perspective. Now, I understand the side of it where it can be considered a disadvantage for the team that was supposed to be the hosting home team. Right. And I'll get to that. Like if we're going to do away with neutral site games, do away with conference neutral site games, because that's where the real disadvantage comes into play. And I'm saying that as someone whose team plays Every year, uh, that being the Arkansas Razorbacks and Texas right. A&M play every year at Cowboy Stadium, which I personally love it personally because we go to that game every year. My family does. Right. But I also see the disadvantage of it because you lose a home conference game every other year. So that's that's really not the discussion we're having. But for me, if we're going to do away with it, do away with conference neutral site games personally. But for okay. me, the opening weekend neutral site games, the first reason why I love it is because it gives the opening – even though I know it's not technically the opening weekend this year, it's week one, but it gives that first weekend of a full college football slate, like this March madness feel. And like, for me, that might be my favorite sports time of the year is March madness when it's just a college basketball overload playing in places all over the country. And something about these neutral site games, give it this 
football version of March Madness feel that like I just I can't get enough of. The second reason is, is I think for the players, for those kids, it does give them an opportunity to play in a venue that they may not play in after college. So they do get a little bit of a taste of, hey, this is what the NFL environment is like. And then for the ones that are going to be NFL players, they're getting a taste of it a little bit early. And typically the teams that play in those games have a significant amount of NFL talent on their teams. Um, True. But even yesterday, uh, Jackson State, uh, Florida A&M playing at uh, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. I mean, I thought that was a great opportunity for both of those teams, the kids of those teams being able to play in that type of stadium and that type of environment. Right. But then my other reason, too, is this isn't a new concept in college football. Like the whole neutral site opening weekend, like this is a part of college football history. You can go back to the 80s when they had uh, – God, what was it? They had one they played in New York every year that they they that played all through the 80s into the 90s. I think they I think it was the kickoff classic. They played at Giant okay. Stadium or or maybe they had the Pigskin Classic. Like they had one on the East Coast and they had one on the West Coast um, that they played in Anaheim every year. And, uh, and then they had the Eddie Robinson Classic that used to get played yeah. uh, at Arrowhead Stadium every other year or, or every now and then. I just I think growing up to being a college football fan I remember there always being at least one like or two neutral site games that had a pretty hefty matchup. And so for me, like I enjoy it. I think it's a part of college football. I understand the arguments against it. But I mean, for me personally, I'm all for it. Give me give me a little March Madness football version uh, at the end of August, early September. And, and I get your point. And I think so to your point, as far as HBCUs, now it's different for me because that's a part of the culture of what HBCUs has created between the classics. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we, we're from Texas. So you got Grambling versus Prairie View. Like that's the classic. Then there's the Bayou classic. So the classic for HBCUs is normally always played at a neutral site because of the pageantry of what HBCUs are. Uh, for me, I just never really liked it in the Power 5 format. I remember a couple of years ago, like I went to like, uh, there was an opening game, TCU versus Oregon State this is like years ago and it was Mm. at Jerry's World and it was just like it just didn't give me the same feel man like and and this is coming from guy who had season tickets I always go to Michigan game the big house it's like my thing and it was just like ah it just like the tailgating felt weird it felt Mm. different and I think maybe some of it is the nostalgia like you know when I go to the big house I'm like oh yeah this is where we tailgate or this is where you go here um versus like when you're at Cowboy Stadium it's like all right I mean I guess we're in the parking lot it just you know it's the smells it's the and I'm a big guy like that man I love the nostalgia like oh yeah this is where we get lunch this is where we're going to go get our snacks this is where we're going to park like right I think I think some of that plays into for me personally like this is why I love playing at home or if i'm going to another you know even when i go visit friends and we're playing their teams they're like oh let me take you here so i think the the allure of all the stuff because when i think about college football a lot of college teams aren't played in like major major cities you know unless you're like usc or you're miami normally like yeah you're playing in a town like ann arbor you're playing in a town like columbus you're playing in a town like ames you're playing yeah fayetteville you know um wherever a&m is i always forget where they are College Um, college station like it's everything is over and I've been to Fayetteville like everything revolves around the University of Arkansas and I think that's what makes it cool you're like these are the local mom and pop people that support that community um and it it just makes it great so I think that's kind of me I I really lean into like the nostalgia feel of it because I think every person that's a college football team that goes to the games regularly like you have some nostalgia there You, you you have the memories and I think that's what makes it Saturday even better sure 
Well, I think that you could we could probably kick that one around back and forth all day. But instead of doing that, why don't we go ahead and jump into week one, man? We had some actually you and I, we each had a bold prediction. Uh, there yes. were some upsets. There, there's just a, a lot of craziness getting into week one. Um, what are just some of your initial thoughts? Well, let's let's start here. Let's go bold, bold upset prediction. I, my bold prediction was Fresno over Oregon, which close almost happened. Close, but it did not. Close. Oregon ended up winning that one. I'm looking at the schedule right now, trying to see what's my bold upset going to be next week. Um, but it might, I might, I might keep that one close to home. Yeah. <laughs> but then you, you're surprised me, B. Holmes. Who, who was your, remind us who your bold upset prediction was. Man, my big thing was I really believed Minnesota was going to upset Ohio State. Right. That actually. I, it was close. Like, yeah. I really believe that. And here's why. Right. And I and you you and your boy, I can't even remember whoever your boy was in my Twitter mentions about it. Like he's definitely Ohio State fan. This this is where this and, th- and I thought about this because I knew you were gonna ask me. Ohio State. I don't think I knew that win- guy, by the way. Oh, okay. I assume like man, my man was caping <laughs> for you hard. So I, I assumed y'all were boys. But like I thought about this, right? Ohio State has been good for so long. Kudos to them. They don't pay attention to everybody else in the Big Ten. Mm. I pay attention to Big Ten football. I knew Minnesota was coming in with a fifth, with a fifth year starting quarterback Tanner Morgan. They were coming in with Mo Ibrahim, who is well. He just it just got announced today. Know, he had a season man. ending injury, and that Terrible. sucks to hear that for him. Man, like the guy's the best running back in the Big Ten. Well, coming into preseason, and I knew that back end, which they showed of Ohio State's defense was shaky. Like mm. if if Minnesota had any way to test that secondary, I think the game would have probably turned out different especially if Ibrahim stays healthy so that was my big production and I I'm not sold on CJ Stroud I don't care what Mm. anybody says I know everybody in Ohio State oh he's I'm not sold on the kid like I like Alave I like Gary I like the weapons that's around him which makes it easier you know all you gotta do is get to the ball to the playmakers but this is my other thing Trey and I know I'm gonna get slaughtered by Ohio State fans this is Ryan Day's first year of this is all his stuff there's mm-hmm. no more urban remnants. I think Alave is like the last guy from the urban era. Like, this is the time to see, can you really win with your people? This is no mm-hmm. longer Urban's team. This is yours. And so that was my big upset. And it was close. And I'm going to say it right now so we can clip this and save it in storage. Ohio State's losing a game this year to somebody in the Big Ten. Do you want to maybe put a team that wears maize and blue on on the other side of that as well or, or I'm not no? I'm not here's, ready to I'm not I need to I need to see a couple couple more games but I am encouraged from what I've seen if we can okay. stay healthy um and based upon unless Ohio State really shores up that run defense I think we go we could give them a run for the money but I'm not really to claim us if anybody's going to beat them I'm going to say it's my man I call him Goat Franklin uh <laughs> my man Penn out State. of Penn State man I think they okay. could take him this year well, uh, you know, spoken like a true Michigan fan, true Michigan man. Always. Uh, that Always. actually wasn't even the bold prediction I was referring to. I was referring to the bold prediction of Miami over Bama, which I oh. learned. <laughs> <laughs> I learned. I forgot I learned, about that one, man. Oh, yeah, I would have too. Yeah, I don't blame <laughs> you. Um, but 
I'll tell you what I learned a while ago not to bet against Bama in any of these kickoff classic, cowboy classic, whatever one they were in this weekend. I remember going almost 10 years ago when they played Michigan at Jerry World. Like I went to that game. It was terrible. Whether it was Michigan, USC, Florida State, now Miami. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like the annual boat race for Alabama to start the season. So they're just to me. Uh, well, not to me, to everybody. They're on another level, but it seems like even in the last like several years, they've they've gone to another level from the other level. And so, anyways, I had to make sure we we brought that up. But what to you was that. what were so, like what was an upset or or maybe it doesn't have to be an upset, but what was your biggest surprise? Like your your biggest surprise hmm. of the weekend, dude. If I'm being honest, man, I'm going to say. And this was last night's game. I was okay. really shocked what Florida State. Um, mm. They have been laying some duds the last couple years. And, yes. man, I think and – I, and I wasn't sold on normal. You know, I was like, okay, we'll see. And and to my – you know, his credit, it was a COVID year last year. But those dudes came out and fought. Yes. Like, they look like a team on a mission. They look like a team that was together. The culture looked stronger. Um, they had Notre Dame on the ropes. Um, I believe if they start McKenzie Milton, they win that game because I think, in my personal opinion, when he came into the game, like in that fourth quarter, man, and I saw that, that whole team changed. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like the energy, the it's something like you can tell when he was really taking the reins of that, they believed in him. And so I yeah. think Florida State really impressed me. I think they're going to shock some people this year. And then on the other end of that, I was also surprised how – terrible Clemson's offense look man I mm. was expecting a little more from Dabo and the crew so that that was really shocking I like DJ I followed him when he was at uh, uh Don Bosco out in California you know everyone's saying he's the next era he, he had a little bit more right. boxy and swag than, than Lawrence I'm like you know you've got the west coast thing and mm-hmm. man Georgia made them look very pedestrian <laughs> yes Clemson to me and it's just again I'm no expert but they kind of just do what they do. And because of the level they've been able to recruit at since Dabo's really taken a hold of the program over the last decade, I just think they've been able to really do what they do. And they've just have better players and guys that yeah. could execute and win those one-on-one. I mean, and, 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 you know, I know it goes back to Chad Morris bringing in that system and right, I just, right. my personal thought is it's the, the scheme and I don't know, like I said, I'm no expert, but when you've got the types of players that they've had and you look at what that scheme has done in other places it's tried to go, it's, it's, it it really seems to, I don't know, I'm not going to try and speak on it because I'm no expert, but I will get to this. My (laughs) biggest surprise or whether it's a pleasant surprise or, or whatever was really a game I didn't even care about. Like I had no vested interest at all but watching the game as I continued to watch and watch it play, I became more and more like engaged to watching this team play. And dude, that was Michigan State. You talk about a yes. team. You talk about a team that takes on the personality of their head coach. That's kind of the old age-old football quote. I mean, that team is Mel Tucker's team All he's the got way. them playing the physical he's got them playing hard-nosed and i'm telling you like it it's always special in sports when you can watch a team play and like get inspired by watching 
a team play with a certain kind of grit and tenacity. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was Michigan State, Notre Dame. It was, I'm sorry, Michigan State, Northwestern. It was, well, I think that was the Friday night kind of later. It was a Friday night game. Slotted it was game. A Friday night game. I'm worn out from the week. And, dude, I watched that entire game just because of how hard and how tough that team was playing. And so that was a surprise to me. And then I don't know if you caught this. It's not quite getting the national headlines, probably because no one really cares about this this team that much right now. But our boy, Brett Bielema, who went to the mountaintop in week one and knocking off Nebraska, basically hit the the lowest of the low this past weekend uh losing to utsa university of texas at san antonio and what's crazy is what a lot of people may not know and i only know because of the arkansas connections the offensive coordinator at utsa was bielema's tight ends coach at arkansas barry lunny jr who was also a former arkansas uh quarterback led us to the uh, sec championship um he was he's the offensive coordinator at UTSA, but he was on Bielema's staff the entire time he was at uh, Arkansas. And so I don't know if that was a piece, but yeah, they that was like it was a one possession game. But UTSA, who who's by the way supposed to be pretty good this year, they're supposed um, to be pretty they, good this they, year. Yeah, they weren't bad last year. They knocked off Illinois, so I, I thought that was a surprise though because I figured Illinois would come into this week riding pretty high. But definitely. Um, Here's here's just a quick thing from me that uh, always stands out to me after the first full week of college football is that every college fan base has four types of fans, okay? And you right. usually see all four within the first quarter of the first game, okay? You've got the realist, you've got the delusionalist, you've got the eternal optimist, and you've got the eternal pessimist, okay? The realist which they're few and far between, and they're usually not on social media, but they typically have a healthy, realistic perspective about where their team is at and what the floor and ceiling for their team is. Like for me, I consider myself a realist when it comes to Arkansas Razorback football, but I like to sometimes put on some of the other hats just to stir the pot up a little bit. But realistically, right, right. I mean, if playing in the conference we're playing in, if, if we can win our four non-conference games a year compete against the Mississippi schools and Mizzou go bowling every year. And then once every third or fourth year, when you get your quarterback, your recruiting class, you, you have that recruiting class that's hitting their third, second, third, and fourth year, the schedule aligns just right. Now we're going for 10 wins, you know, problem is with our fan base is Bobby Petrino took us to heights that we hadn't seen in the SEC and now it's created a lot of delusionalists a lot of eternal a lot and a lot of eternal pessimists but anyway so that's the realist the delusionalist is the guy or the girl that thinks every year we should be winning it all like whatever your fan base is every single college fan base has these fans no matter Absolutely. if you are the the lowest the bottom feeder of your conference or or not like there are the delusional fans who think well we should be recruiting better or we should be doing this we should compete every year because at some point in time every college football program somewhere in the history books had some success like had some significant success that you could, if you got to go all the way back to the 1800s, you can probably find some success from your college football team. <laughs> right, and the delusionalists right. <laughs> will hang on that every Forever. single year. 
forever. Then you've got the eternal optimists. Well, oh, we're just rebuilding. We're just rebuilding. Give it time. Give these guys some time. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, like, for example, the Iowa State eternal optimists right now are going, well, you know, Northern Iowa, they're supposed to win their conference this year. So, I mean, that's a tough team when really there's no reason why Northern Iowa should go into a tight. number seven ranked team's house and almost basically almost won the game, but it came down to the last possession. The eternal optimist is saying, wow, well, man, they're supposed to be good. They're supposed to be good. Oh, we got, you know, they're the the sunshine pumpers, the rose-colored glasses, every college team, whatever your team is right now, you're probably thinking about someone in your group chat, someone on that message board that you're going, yeah, that's the eternal optimist. And it wears me out when we're playing horrible. And then finally, you've got the eternal pessimist. The sky is falling all the time, no matter what. Anything other than an undefeated season is is unacceptable. I mean, the only fan base that probably doesn't have these four types of fans is Alabama. <laughs> it's Bama, definitely. I mean, and, and you're so true because I'm looking at Twitter, right? I was I'm watching the Michigan game. First quarter, you know, we just a new defensive coordinator. Our, this defense is terrible. Uh-huh. It's going to be another 2020. <laughs> I'm like, guys, it's the first 12 minutes of the season relax man let the kids settle in and it's so true man it, you're right Bama might be the only people that doesn't have it and it it can be frustrating though right so what do you think you you really land on that scale of the of the four of the four people who are you in this oh no doubt um I'm a realist like 90 percent of the time and then the other 10 percent I am a combination of the eternal optimist and the eternal pessimist. I don't know that I'm very delusional because I'm pretty, I feel like I have a pretty good scope of where our program is at and what it's, what it's ceiling is. And and some, a lot of Arkansas fans would 100% like pin me to the wall for even suggesting that. Um, and that's because in Arkansas's history, playing in the Southwest conference, they had, you know, really tremendous success success at times playing in that conference. And um, so there's, you know, people who think that we should do that every year in the SEC as well. Uh, And then you factor in what, what Petrino did. So, but I I think sometimes I can, especially throughout the course of the game, like obviously during the rice game this week, I mean, it looked like, I I mean, it looks I was looking at Twitter, seeing how you were doing, man. Oh, I mean, you talk about eternal pessimists. I'm thinking, my goodness. And came out the second half, started off the third quarter, still a little shaky, and then slowly started to figure things out. And so um, I think for me is most of the time I'm a realist, but then depending on where we're at in the season, depending on where we're at in any given game, I can I can bounce between the, the optimist and the pessimist. What about you? Where do you fall on the on the scale? I think, man, I try to be a realist, and it happens to me every stinking year as a Michigan fan. We have, like, we come out hot maybe two, three games, and I start finding myself being very optimistic. Um, you know, I yeah, I, I'm in between the two, man, because, you know, I, I want to believe so bad, like, this is the year it turns around. But then I think I do have the realist of I'm not the Michigan fan that's like, oh, this is the year we get Ohio State. Like, I will not believe that until the clock strikes zero and it's a win in Michigan's favor. Like, that. so I'm, I always try to be realistic with my expectation. 2020 helped me with that, the COVID year, because we had the big mm-hmm. come out against Minnesota. Joe Milton looked like, man, he was going to be the Heisman runaway. And then the next week we just got 
bullied by Michigan State. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I try to find myself to be the realist and the, op- and the optimist, per se, as far as, like, my teams, man, and, and what can happen. Because like you said, man, in, in my personal opinion, especially after this weekend, obviously we know there's always the week one heroes. It's yeah. like, man, I don't see anybody beating Alabama this year. So, for me, I'm like, man, if we could just win a couple games, beat Michigan mm-hmm. State handily, play close to Ohio State, it's a good season for me because at the end of the day, I unless Bryce Young gets hurt, I'm going – Bama's probably about to win this thing again. It, it's almost becoming like NCAA uh, football, college football, the video <laughs> game. And, like, you, you've built your team up so well, you're like, I could just simulate every game because I know I'm about to just win every week. I'm going to win the natty. Which I'm glad you brought that up because that's another reason why I like the neutral site opening week games because there's a little Easter egg in the NCAA, at least the latest one, NCAA 14, where if you build your team up good enough and depending on where you're you're at regionally, if you schedule that first game of the season against a top-ranked opponent and then you select uh, the stadium, it'll give you the option of like yep. – Cowboys what do you want to play or, right yeah. yeah but 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 the thing is is you can go to like Cowboy Stadium but if you're just some random old team it'll let you do it but it'll just say Cowboy Stadium if you've actually right. built your team up and you're picking a quality opponent it will actually say the Cowboys kickoff and then when you play the game it'll be broadcasted as if it was one of those neutral sites so that's just and a Jerry little world. everyone should just already get, know I mean because it just happened to me it just happened oh, okay. to me on my, on my dynasty. Yeah, uh, I just who am I? You know, obviously I, I do. Yeah, you know, at the start of the season, I always started with Michigan, and we're playing. Uh, we, we played uh Miami. We played at the at the Houston Stadium, and it was like there oh, you man, go. We got a kickoff invite. It was the, so great. And isn't that one called the the kickoff classic or something like yeah, that? The kickoff the classic. Yeah, the kickoff classic. Because you got the Cowboys classic. kickoff, the kickoff classic. They've got the one in Atlanta. Anyways, so we'll we'll have to like have a whole nother dynasty uh, episode, uh, especially when the new one comes out. But hey, oh, bro, definitely. Listeners, tell us where you fall on the scale. Are you the realist? Are you the delusionalist? Are you the optimist or the pessimist? I mean, every college fan base has them. And then whichever one you are, I guarantee you've got at least one of the others <laughs> in a group chat somewhere, oh, in your in your phone somewhere, on a message board somewhere, whatever it might be. So let us know where you fall on the scale. But Kind of switching gears here, B. I want to get to Coach Prime. My Jackson guy, Dion, baby. Let's, Let's talk go. about it, man. They had the documentary that was produced by Barstool Sports. It was, was basically really following, yeah, which was following their spring season. And then I liked how they released it because they released an episode every day, basically building up to when they played their game for the fall season. And mm-hmm. did you watch it? Yeah, I'm actually um I'm about halfway through the most recent episode, um, okay. which I'm really excited. And man, I like it, man. I like Coach Prime. I like what he's doing at Jackson State. To me, it seems like it's bigger than football. It really mm. is like, man, let's bring some greatness to these things that have produced a lot of big talent, man. For I mean, if we're just being historically truthful, that was one of the only places like African Americans could play. Um, mm. And so you got a lot of guys that came out of HBCUs, man. And in the Jackson State, man, that's, that's a pretty prevalent one. I, I love what he's doing. But to me, what I love about this documentary, everybody should watch it in my opinion, it's, it's bigger than football for Dion. Like you got this guy who's a coach who's like, yo, I come from a lot of the same environment some of you guys are coming from. And I, and I quote unquote made it, whatever that looks like to some people. But you look at me and you see success. 
Mm-hmm. Let me help you guys find this success. And that doesn't necessarily mean success in the um on the field, you know, but in life. And I'm telling you, this is the moment that stuck out to me. I just watched it this morning, actually, when he did the media training. To me, Trey, yes. that was so huge because it's not just media training. It's like job interview training. Like it's teaching mm. these these young men like this is how you conduct yourself in front of a camera. It's how you conduct yourself in public. And then also the 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 moment where the two linemen were going at it. And how yep. he like sat those guys down. I was like, yo, and and you know, we've been we're guys, we get it. And it was cool to see them in that team, that coaching staff, take time. Mm-hmm. And it was like, even when Coach Prime was like, Man, I'm done with it, but the rest of the coaches were like, no, no, no. Like, let's let's get to the root of this. And they were finally able would it seem to find some resolve. And I'm like, this guy, man, taking on this mission isn't just rebuilding a school, he's rebuilding a community and he's yes. building men. That I mean, these most of those guys aren't going to the league more than likely. Like in Mich- Michigan, we benefited. So their star receiver, he trade he transferred into Michigan this year, Dylan uh, Dalen Baldwin. So thank you, Coach yeah. Prime. But he's preparing these kids for their next step, whether it's going to a big program, whether it's going to the NFL. But most of you guys, it's like preparing you for life, man. I, and I love it, man. I'm a big fan. I'm about to buy me some Jackson State gear. Oh, dude, yeah, I've already got the Jackson State mm-hmm. gear. Um, in fact. I had three takeaways from the documentary. And then I kind of want to even discuss the game they played uh, yesterday. But my first takeaway is that, and I'm inspired by this. In fact, I posted it on my Twitter account. The fact that like Dion, his everyday approach. And it's like, it's one of those things where you can say, oh, that's just for the cameras. That's just for the cameras. Here's why I disagree with that is one, because you even see it in his social media presence and just his, it's like his son is constantly filming him throughout his everyday life. So you can see nuggets of his everyday life that aren't like specifically for a, a show produced, you know, production or whatever. Right. But I also watched Dion's family playbook that was on several years ago. I also watched Dion and Pilar, which was like over a decade ago. And you see the same, sentiments of this guy except for now with this show you really see him in his environment you know with a football team and that's this guy has the faith and confidence that god will do what he says he's going to do god will provide he doesn't he doesn't like reduce his vision he doesn't reduce his expectations i mean that guy's faith to me is inspiring because it's like we're all pursuing pursuing something in life right right? we're all trying to fulfill our purpose we're all trying to fulfill our destiny we're all trying to build something that's special whether you know how we define that you know varies from person to person but i mean everyone listening to this episode like you have some sort of dream right you have some sort of thing that you're wanting to accomplish before the end of your life and for me watching deon sanders pursue his you know with just 100 faith 100 confidence that he's doing what god has called him to do and that god will provide along the way no matter what the adversity is like to me that was the number one thing that stood out to me even just it was a small kind of comedic moment when he had gotten some news and they it was during the ice mageddon and mm-hmm. he just he pulled his phone and he said hold on hold on hold on and he started playing no weapon shall prosper and he's right, like he yeah. was directing the <laughs> choir but he yes. he got some worship music going and i'm like it was a comedic moment for the show, but like, I bet he does that as a way to just quickly recenter himself and go, I'm not going to let all this adversity that's piling up, stop me from doubting what I know I've been called to do. And so I was inspired by that personally. Um, The second thing I noticed that 
he he does that I I, I just thought was incredible was like he won't be held hostage by his players because oh, as no. you just mentioned he's bringing in some top end talent that. I mean, he's he's already brought in the number the, the the highest rated recruiting class in HBCU history, like right. <laughs> history. I mean, he beat out Georgia for one of their the corners, and then a, yeah, and then a lot of their ju uh, uh sorry their ju uh not JUCO, but a lot of their transfers came from Power Five conferences. Mm -hmm. And anytime a player tries to act like, well, I didn't have to come here. In other words, like I'm doing you a favor by coming here. He's like, no, I ain't got time for it. Get him. You Get can him. leave. Go. You can go take off. And like, I love that because it helps create a mentality that's, you know, it's, it's a mentality that's not of entitlement, but it's one of you're either all in on this vision and this bigger picture. And it's more mm -hmm. about football to you or it's not. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he stays so grounded and convicted and no matter how good the player may be or how big of a school they may have transferred in from, he won't let them hold him hostage. That to me shows the sign of a coach that's building a program that's going to be successful. And I'm not, I mean, what do I know? I'm just some guy in front of a microphone who loves college <laughs> sports, but watching that documentary, it's hard not to believe like this thing's going to be sustained and it's, it's going to be built to last. Absolutely. Um, and then my last actual, it's funny, my third thing is exactly what you said is how he's just teaching his players so much more beyond football. And I have in parentheses interview skills and he gives them quality feedback. Uh, he talks to them about money. You know, when the NIL mm -hmm. stuff was getting ready to, to, to take off, he, he started talking to them about how they needed to get their minds right for that. He talks mm -hmm. to them about life. He teaches them how to resolve conflict. I mean, the scenes where he's, Having those conversations, those real, authentic, genuine conversations, whether it's a player-player conflict, whether it's a player-coach conflict, like mm -hmm. you just really see the depth that is Deion Sanders, man. Like if all you know about Deion is primetime and like the image he portrayed in his playing you're days, out, man. you're missing out. 99.9999% because that is literally 0.00001% of who that man is. And it becomes evident watching these shows. And the thing is for me, it's stuff that like, if you're trying to fake it, you know, well, that's just for the cameras. To me, you can't. you can't fake that stuff for the cameras. Like you either have it or you don't. And the right. way, I mean, they just would authentically just show the raw him whether it was addressing the team, whether it was player to player conflict, like I was saying, I mean, right. that right there is a dude that, like you said, I mean, you said it best, B. Holmes, like he's not just changing a football program, he's changing Shame. a community. And I think somewhere deep down inside of all of us, like we have a call to make an impact where we're at and where yeah. we, you know, currently are located. And to me, the fact that he's just taken that call and running with it someone that i mean he could sit on the hills of his mansion every day for the rest of his life and if he do wanted nothing. to but <laughs> right. man he's put himself right in the middle of a place that he says he believes god's called him to so i'm looking forward to it well with all that being said they actually played their first fall game they were in yes. the uh, orange blossom classic classic uh, yes sir sponsored by you, baby. Denny's. I'll tell you what, if you want to go to my Twitter at it's Trey Smith, I uh I load I got a video up of Shiloh Sanders, his son who's uh their starting free safety, uh just laid the hit stick. It was like yes. his he actually didn't start the game yesterday, I don't think, but when he got in the game, he never he came back place. out because his second or third play of the game, I mean, he just put the hit stick on a dude. And uh anyways, that's up on Twitter if you want to go check it out. But did you watch that game? I, I caught part of it. You know, my 
I, I caught part of it because my boy texted me. I don't know if you saw when they scored the touchdown, Gilly the King, the rapper, yes. was like running. <laughs> yes. And my friend texted me, goes, what do you think Dion said to that man at that moment? <laughs> like, what do you think? But I did catch part of it, man. It's, I think, you know, it's in the, the beginning phases of getting that program together. You know, they just had a spring season. They're trying to get things going. I think, like you said, it's only a matter of time before Jackson State is rolling. And here's what I do like about Prime. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. But I don't know if you saw this. When the Big 12 did all that realigning, oh, he was the first one, like, give me a call. Give us a shot. Like, mm-hmm. give us a sh- And here's what I – this is my bold prediction. I'm, I'm the king of bold predictions. I believe, in if Dion gets that thing rolling, like I think Dion feels like he can, I would not be shocked to see them make the leap to Division 1A. Not saying mm-hmm. they're going to join a major conference right away, but I think Dion is really trying to level that playing field and saying, hey, we can ball too. We can compete too. Just give us a chance. Even if it's like, hey, we're going to go to the Sun Belt first. I, I think this is for him, um, you know, it, for those who who will understand this, this is kind of like his Moses, this Moses moment, man. I'm about to lead these people into like this mm. great promise that's supposed to happen to show, hey, man, we can compete with the best. And I like it in the show. He's showing the facilities. He's doing all these things to make these kids understand and this community understand you deserve it, too. And we're going to go get what we what we deserve. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to work hard. Doesn't mean right. we're going to be entitled, but we're, we're going to go entitled. get. Yeah, we're going to get what we deserve. And and I yes. love that about him. So now I watch part of the game. I, you know, it's low scoring, not a lot of offense, but I think it's early. And I think, man, he's building a culture that, man, I think, man, Jackson State is going to be, mark my words, I think they're going to make a move to Division One a at some point. Ooh, you heard it there first. B. Holmes with the bold prediction. I watched it. The defense looked nasty. They played really well the whole game. The offense obviously has things to figure out. But, hey, we've reached that time, B. Holmes. We started you know it up it last is. week. You know what time it is, man. It's time to start on the whistle, end on the buzzer. We got the True Minute, minute drill. drill. Sponsors, holler at us if you want to sponsor the True Minute Drill. Start on the whistle, end on the buzzer. So here's what it is this week, B. Holmes. You got one minute of mm-hmm. uninterrupted time to tell the fan bases who were either a winner or a loser. Maybe they were on the giving end of an upset or the receiving end of an upset. What do you tell them on Monday after opening week? Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready, bro. Let's go. Yo, listen, no matter what, whether we won, whether we lost, it's only week one. Week one does not define you, does not define the season. Everything in life comes with adversity. You're going to hit a rough patch. You're going to hit a divot. You're going to hit an obstacle. It's all about how you respond. Success is determined by what you do when you're down, but also success is determined by what you do when you're up. Can we stay consistent? Can we stay motivated? Can we still go chase after our dreams? Because dreams are not shattered in one week. So let's build. Let's build. Let's build. Let's develop. Let's keep chasing these goals. And let's end this year accomplishing what we want to accomplish now let's go win this week boom oh, come man. on man somebody should have made me a football coach man you still got what 10 9 8 7 6 you got to the buzzer i mean anything you want to plug social media i mean man follow me real b homes go blue baby michigan <laughs> 8 p.m prime time against washington it is on oh <laughs> all right so i guess i'm up 
I'm going off the rip here. I'm going off the rip. Okay, all you fans that are struggling to get out of bed on Monday morning, you're, you're thinking about that loss on Friday night, North Carolina. You're thinking about that close game last night, Notre Dame, wondering if you're as good as you're being ranked. Iowa State, you're looking at how Iowa just pounded your uh, uh, Indiana in a ranked conference game, and then you barely squeaked one out against Northern Iowa. You're convincing yourself it was a trap game. Here's what I want all you fan bases to do. Close your eyes, take a deep breath, relax, and just remember one thing. None of y'all are beating Bama this year. So it really doesn't matter, okay? None of y'all are beating Bama this year, so it doesn't matter. And if you think you can beat Bama, then you deserve to feel how you're feeling right now about that upset in week one. So as far as I'm concerned, that should make you feel better. That should give you, you know, the hope that you need. Man, that was so in discouraging <laughs> if, I, if my coach comes in and tells me that i'm like why am i even here like why am i here <laughs> well you know north carolina top 10 mac brown you know they've been talked about getting the they college have football. Been. Eh, come on man like they, they they looked a little soft man they looked a little soft oh you did too man shout out to tulane man in the middle of hurricane oh, yes. Ida to come back and, and ball out the way they did i really hey there's a floating meme of link they're saying Lincoln Riley's going to ask my man to come transfer in next year. <laughs> I, I love it, man. I love it. Well, guys, man, we love you guys. Hey, make sure you subscribe, you like, you follow, you leave comments, you share with your friends, man. We're just two crazy fans trying to get this thing off the ground, man. So we love, love your support. Love that you guys listen. Any parting words, Trey? No, nah, man. Find us on that Instagram account, man. We got, we got beat homes and we got a couple other team members that are helping us build that up. And, there's a lot of good activity. It's Blue Bloods CGT for college game time. Blue Bloods CGT on Instagram. In fact, you'll see some videos. You'll see um, just game day predictions, like a lot of different polls. Like we just got a lot of fun stuff happening on that Instagram page, along with our other social media handles at True Blue Pod. You can find me on Twitter. I'm not, I'm pretty much just on Twitter. So if you want to yeah. interact and engage with me, find me on Twitter at it's Trey Smith. Anything else of me that you're going to see on Instagram is probably going to be on the at blue bloods CGT. In fact, we actually had a couple uh little videos we put up in the Instagram did, story uh, on game day. So be on the lookout for those. I know we'll probably have some cool content with the video stuff rolling as well, but uh, that's all I got. Be homes. Yeah, man. Well, hey, make sure you guys give us a follow on our social media handles. Once again, like, comment, share, leave a review, man. Help us out. Give me a follow on Twitter at It's Real B. Holmes. It's going to be sick. Oh, and B. Holmes, I got to say this. I forgot. We are on Apple Podcasts now. We're on That's iTunes. Right. So go find us. We are on iTunes now. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. And we're on pretty much any other platform where you would listen podcast. to your podcast. Google Podcasts. We're on there. So Check us out. Give us a listen. Five-star rating, whatever all that good stuff is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and enjoy week two. We'll see you guys next week. College football. I love March Madness.